0: to Takes from the Nosebleeds. Uh, oh, Alright, welcome to the first installment of the Takes from the Nosebleeds podcast, where all four of us will come to you with our takes on what's going on in the sport world globally, and relating with all of you fans on your misery and your successes in the sport world. Uh, just a quick introduction to myself before I hand it to my co-hosts. Uh, My name is Matthew. Uh, I am a sports fan out of the beloved city of Toronto, Uh, so I'm a big Blue Jays and Leafs fan, so you guys can automatically start hating me because I'm a Leafs fan, but that's all fine and dandy. You have plenty of time to get to know me. Uh, but before we go any further, let's throw it to my co hosts. So, gentlemen, introduce yourselves.
1: Um, what's up, guys? I'm Cole Rains. I currently am a college baseball player at the School Milwaukee School of Engineering, a uh, little small D3 in the heart of Milwaukee. So, you'll hear me talk about the Brewers, Bucks, really anything Wisconsin. Grew up in Michigan, so I'm primarily a Michigan fan, all sports. But yeah, baseball and basketball are really my forte, so I'm looking forward to contributing on this podcast with Matt, Luke, and Joey.
2: Yes, yeah, so I am Luke Garrison, and I am from the great city of Jersey, even though I know a lot of people stay I Jersey as the dirty, one of the dirtiest states in America, but uh, yeah. Uh, I am a big Devils fan, I am a big New York Giants fan, and a big Yankees fan. Um, I also occasionally like other teams like um, the Colorado Avalanche, the Bay Packers, and some others. And um, I'm not as big as on NBA, but um, even if it's a big topic, I can pretty much bring at least something to the table about that. And yeah, college football, Ohio State. I know that mean I know that uh, Cole may not like that, but I'm sure he, I'm sure it'll take some time to get used to it.
3: And uh, I'm Joey Kanji. Just like Matt, I'm from uh, Toronto, and I'm a big Toronto sports fan: Leafs, Raptors, Blue Jays. And uh, in the NFL, I support the, the Washington Redskins, funny enough. So, uh, yeah, yeah, just uh, looking forward to being on this podcast with the guys and uh, hope you guys enjoy listening.
0: All right. So now that we got all of the uh, introductions out of the way, me and my fellow co-hosts will bring all of our takes on all of the sports, starting with one of the biggest news that dropped yesterday, uh, a conference that will happen tomorrow tomorrow. Uh, per the New York Giants, that longtime quarterback Eli Manning uh, is officially calling it a career. Uh, Manning is going out a two-time Super Bowl champion, a four-time Pro Bowler, and ends his NFL career at an even 500 for his record. So this is a pretty big deal uh, in the NFL. Obviously, Eli's been one of the longtime quarterbacks for God knows how long. I mean, for those good Giants teams that were earlier in The 2000s. Everyone remembers the first Super Bowl that Brady was in that he lost. Uh, So, not too big of an NFL guy, but I do know Eli Manning. Uh, I had a funny feeling he was going to retire after, I believe they benched him after week two, uh, and they gave Daniel Jones pretty much the starting job. So, uh, it was only a matter of time, and Eli went out on top uh, as pretty much one of the better quarterbacks. So, before we, I throw a question uh, that I'm sure many people were thinking, uh, let's throw it to my co-host. Gentlemen, we'll start with Cole. Thoughts on Eli? I, I think
1: it's about time. Uh, I was shocked to see him come back this year, if you want my uh, honest opinion. The coach got fired as well. Uh, I feel like the Giants are kind of cleaning house a little bit. You lose, I think it was Shermer. You lose Eli it's kind of the old guard pass, and you get a new guard with Matt Rule and Daniel Jones. You got Saquon. Uh, Demo- uh, Lawrence is there, their defensive end. They're getting younger. Jabril Peppers out of Michigan is there. I think the Giants have a future without Eli, but it's going to be weird not seeing number 10 in blue on the sidelines for the Giants. All
2: right, we'll go um, on ahead. Um, first of all, uh, Cole, it's not Matt Rule who's our coach now, it's Joe Judge. Um, oh, it's Joe Judge? My fault, my fault. It's okay. Um, yeah, we wanted Matt Rule as much as we want, but hey, we'll take Joe Judge. in. Speaking on behalf of what he has done so far, I think he's done a really great job of replacing the coaching staff. Um, I know a lot of people were really questioning the um, idea of having Jason Garrett on our team, but I think it works out for better because look at it this way. It's, he's not in the head coach position. He's in the offensive coordinator, which I heard before he was um in uh he was a really he did a really, really good job of that. And yeah, as someone who watched Eli for as I mean, who's someone who's on the yeah, someone as a fan like me who's been um, watching Eli for um about as long as I could, he has done an amazing job as QB for the Giants because look at before Daniel Jones. There has been never a quarterback any other quarterback for the Giants ever before. Yeah, after um quarterbacks like Pat, uh Patrick or like uh, Donovan McNabb or maybe any other quarterback, uh, for example, like uh well like Peyton Manning, like there are a lot of many quarterback changes, but the one team that has never changed their quarterback up until that was um the Giants because they know that Eli Manning was their quarterback and they're going to keep sticking with him. And throughout those entire seasons, yes, if he had his ups, like beating um Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl. And he has his downs like, all those times uh, he has some picks. And you can also see the memes on, on Twitter with his face because, yeah, Eli Manning has, is like a face of a thousand expressions. So, yeah, um, it's not surprising that this season he tried to return, but he I, I think this was at the point where his retirement clock started taking because he did not play the um play um, how he did um, long ago. I mean, he didn't play like he used to. And I think it was about time that he had to be – um, retired, and I think it's the perfect time because now that we have Daniel Jones running the show, it's going to be amazing to see what he does in the second year. And See how can he, how can he improve, and it's also going to be interesting to see what the Giants do in the draft. Um, maybe they will go after maybe after getting uh, their fourth pick, they go up to another QB. Who knows? This the Giants' future. I can say right now is pretty on the nose. Like it's not great, but it's not too horrible. And I'm actually
0: curious to see how it goes in the future alrighty Joe your thoughts
3: um well I'm not really shocked by this news it was it's kind of uh it was inevitable uh, <laughs> yeah like they been rumoring his retirement for um for a few few years now which um as a Redskins fan I kind of hope he would play another few years just cause <laughs> it wasn't too good by the end of it and play him twice a year so uh Yeah, you know, but overall, um, I think he's a pretty good, uh, he had a solid career, you know, two Super Bowls is something that most quarterbacks can't do, especially against the, both of them being against the New England Patriots. And, um, yeah, um, I don't know, though, if he's, I think he'll definitely make the Hall of Fame.
0: Well, it's funny that you mentioned that, because I was actually going to go right into that and throw the question Mm -hmm. on the floor does Eli deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? And to be honest, I think it's definitely uh, up for consideration. Uh, Do I think it should happen right away? No. Obviously, it's going to take a little bit of time for him to go in. Uh, But I think at the end of the day, you know, multiple Super Bowls, despite the record and despite, you know, the latter part of your career, people are usually going to remember you for the good times more than the bad. So I think, hands down, he's probably going to go in the Hall of Fame.
1: Well, think about it this way. Think about it this way. Hall of Fames are meant to tell the story of the sport, am I not mistaken? Can you tell the story of football without Eli Manning? I think it'd be incredibly hard to. He beat the Patriots at their peak. He beat Brady twice. He's won two Super Bowls. And just that alone, I think, really helps his case. I know the counting numbers aren't as spectacular as what they could be. As he, you said, he tailed off near the end of his career, but I think it's incredibly hard to tell the story of football without Eli Manning, and for that reason, I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame in Canton. But
2: Let's look at it this way. Um, Eli, let's look at what this, this guy has been the QB for the Giants for the longest amount of time. And Like I said earlier, there have been many QB changes from other teams, and the one, one team that hasn't been changing to read is the Giants. Now, sure, they've had stuff like having Dino Smith doing the – one game or whatever, but the longest time, the longest QB uh, quarterback ever for the Giants is, of course, um, Eli Manning. And now that he's leaving, um, he's leaving off a good a good impression of play Hall of Fame career. Not an amazing one, like, say, John Elway, or maybe Dan Reno, or maybe many other quarterbacks, but it's also interesting to see about how the record will go to see if the Hall of Fame will let him in. And I think it's a maybe I'm not saying that he's he's definitely not on the um field level as like a lot of his other a lot of other famous QBs but this one's on the maybe side for me
0: all right so I feel we all pretty much have collectively come to an agreement that he pretty w- much will go on the Hall of Fame we just don't know when uh, and if the NFL will come to an agreement but it will most likely happen soon uh, well not soon but we'll have it at one point. Uh, now let's transition over, uh, we'll come back to football at a later date, obviously the Super Bowl's coming up, but we want to wait and let you guys uh, speculate who we're going to pick for the Super Bowl, but now we're going to jump on over to the NBA side of things, where last night was a big deal for the New Orleans Pelicans as a big-time name made his NBA debut and didn't start off like what a lot of people thought, but... As time went on, he he turned a lot of heads. And uh, unfortunately, the Pelicans did lose that game, but uh, all eyes were on Zion. So, uh, Cole, I know you've been answering to to take away at this, so before we jump into the All-Star game, uh, thoughts and what you feel about Zion's first game in the NBA?
1: I know he is a special talent. I'm not taking away from his talent. But if we're going to glorify hitting four straight just walk into jump shots I'm pretty sure I could go out in the court and hit the four shots that Zion took the Spurs were nowhere near him they made him beat him with the jump shot and good for Zion he did but those are practice shots that he's been practicing his entire life now I'm I, like I said, I know he's special. There were flashes where I was like, okay, this kid is going to be the real deal. I'm not ready to pen him in as the rookie of the year yet because John Moran has been very special. But Zion, what he did last night was a good debut, but I need more to really put him up as a superstar that everyone's getting him getting ready to put him as in the NBA. I, I think Brandon Ingram is the best player on that team. I'll stand by that. But what Zion did last night, as I said, his first half wasn't great. He caught fire in the second half, but they were wide-open jumpers, and as an NBA player, you probably should hit those. All
3: right,
1: um, Luke.
2: So um, I was in like everyone else, to see how it would do, be because um, before he got to the NBA, I was watching him at Duke, because I am a Duke fan. So I was watching him throughout the two season, and he did such an amazing job with his one, uh, one season at Duke. And so I was really excited, because... I may not be a big basketball fan, but I was hoping that Knicks fans would, would try to get him this season at the draft, and, you know, they got third, and it's actually disappointing for a lot of people around here. So, um, I was, I was going to tune in last night, and I started watching, thinking, okay, please let Zion dump. do something that's so amazing that I can't watch anymore. And then, after like a couple of minutes, I got extremely bored, so I just turned it off. Then later, I saw um, ESPN uh, tweeting about Zion, like, you know how ESPN tweets about Zion and everything? So... I was uh, looking at that, and I saw him make those, like, three shots in a row and thinking, why the hell did I miss this? Like, seriously, I can't even, like, I, I missed it for, like, five minutes, and I was actually pretty upset about that, but I, I kind of wish that, and that's the thing about basketball for me. It's a good sport, but it's something that I just can't um, stand. It's so boring. Unless it's, like, NCAA, where you have to focus on a lot of um, stars or whatever, but either way, I thought, if I just, I think it's my fault for missing out on what Zion did uh, that night, but I think if I, I think Zion's going to be an amazing player in the NBA. No, even be, even if he does um, start, he's not going to be the player that we all saw you to, to start with. But I think over time he will become a big player, and it wouldn't surprise me to see him have a kind like that for every other game. But it's also going to be important that he's going to have his ups and downs too.
0: All righty, and Joe, your
2: thoughts?
3: Um,
0: yeah, I'm going to be completely honest here i kind of
3: agree with um with cole but also don't want to take anything away from him like he's obviously going to be a a young a great young talent in the nba but yeah those are just shots that any nba player is expected to make in in today's game and um yeah especially with the season like that john morant has been having i think he's just going to run away with rookie of the year and um yeah like I'm going to be completely honest here. Um, going into the NBA draft, I for sure that Zion Williams was um, was going to be a bust, to be completely honest. I just thought he was completely overhyped. And um, just the thing is, he was so much bigger than everyone else in college. But now in the NBA, he's he would be going up against men. But he kind of changed that mindset for me a little bit. I just thought that John Morant and... Um, RJ Barrett were better. Uh, we're, we're just better all around players than Zion. But I know I, it's only one game, obviously, but if he can uh, keep going and build off of this, then I guess he, he's going to. Looks like he's going to prove me wrong.
1: No, I want to add one more thing before we, we get moving on to the All Star. Zion was expected to be this uber athletic big man something we've never seen before and what i saw last night was somebody that i I don't want to call him overweight but he looked a little out of shape um that was the big knock on him when he was sitting on the bench he wasn't looking great he's falling asleep he a lot of people found different ways to knock zion and i'm not here to knock zion because he's going to be a special talent i just think he's not going to be the LeBron James caliber player that everyone was kind of penning him up to be and his one year at Duke. That's that's my well, final thoughts about it.
2: Well, keep in mind, he was injured before uh, the season started. So I think maybe it's just they were trying to limit him that way. He wouldn't um, become injured again. He would have to sit him out for another set of time, like for like, a, I don't know, like almost a half a year or something. Depends, I understand
1: he, that. I really do. It's just I what I saw last night, he almost looked tentative to get into the lane. And I don't know if that's because he's healing from injury or if he's – the spurs were packed in the paint. I, I don't know what it was, but what I saw last night was he didn't look the same as he did in college.
2: I mean, he's played really well in college. Like, he's played against all the other teams now. I mean, yeah, he's played against all the, all the other teams because of his college basketball. And, yeah, I think if he – maybe he won an NBA uh, – final, I mean, I mean, uh, a 10 tournament championship, it would be maybe seem a different – um like uh, high expectations. But yeah, I really think that this is gonna be a I don't know, a maybe year for Zion and then maybe next year we could see him try to it. Well yeah. yeah that's that's uh
3: sorry, that's my knock on. Well not my my knock on him. I'm not here to to knock him, but yeah that's the thing. Like he was so dominant in college because he was so much bigger than everyone in college. But yeah, the thing is over. like maybe he's just hesitant now. He just he just you know maybe a little hesitant to go into the lanes because he just can't dominate in the paint like he used to against, against other NBA players now. So I don't know. We'll see how that, um how that, that goes forward uh, this season with him.
1: What I, will say is, yeah. what I will say is the Pelicans looked better with Zion on the floor. I don't know. I mean, I'm saying in the first half, when he wasn't scoring, he was just rebounding and passing. I know he had a few turnovers. Rookies turn the ball over, get over it. I honest to God, feel like he's draymond green all over again but he's a little bit more athletic because he moves the ball he's not a great shooter but he can knock down open shots as we saw last night and he's he has a knack to guard every position be around the ball on defense he he a little larry johnson-ish i've watched some of his highlights from the past when he was with the hornets but a lot he reminded me a lot of draymond green draymond green was also a special talent coming out of Michigan State, but no one knew what his NBA role would look like, and now he's kind of carved himself into a, a, four, a big man, a power forward, that can move the ball, he rebounds, he's a good defender, he can open up, knock down an open shot, and that's kind of how I see Zion's going to progress a little bit. Yeah, do you think
2: that, um, every, like, this is a specific question, do you think, like, every uh, defender you saw, I guess this was last night, was Taco Falls? Like, he's just imagining them playing him at uh, UCF again,
1: you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I know Taco Fall is very big, and I know he's going to be a problem uh, if he can ever get into the NBA and get consistent minutes. I feel like there's a role for that guy. Uh, but yeah, Zion, I Zion's going to see bigger guys in the NBA. He's going to see guys at Taco Fall's height, and he's going to see guys of Steven Adams' strength. He's going to have to adapt his game a little bit. And I, I think him knocking down jump shots was a Key first step for him because you look at a guy like Ben Simmons, he was never able to shoot, and now teams just pack the paint against him. Zion came out his first night, showed he can knock down an open jump shot, so he's not going to have the same problem Simmons had.
2: Yeah, well, spectacular of... dunk I think we'll be okay. I mean, he's a good he's a good shooter, but I think he's more impressed with the dunks, and I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be surprising to see what dunks he can pull out to this league.
0: Also, like it's the first game, like it's a very small sample size. To judge off of and I know obviously you know some people are going to say they you know he's not the same player that he was in college but you know it is only one NBA game he finally got in he looked like he belonged in the second half uh it was very shocking that uh that he ended up sitting uh while they were trailing he I think he could have been uh a very key factor in the Pelicans coming back and potentially even winning the game uh but I guess that's definitely uh they don't that might have been a rule that uh, management wanted Minute, to...
1: Minutes restriction, yeah. yeah. Matt, I, I, Zia play, we're supposed to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? He's the, he's the, He was arguably one of the best prospects ever in the history of the NBA. We got to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I think yeah. also, like, it, it's kind of like the same thing with, uh, with hockey in a way. Like, you kind of don't really want to put a player out there and just have him eat minutes because he may not be used to playing at the, the top level. You know, obviously that's they come no, that's
2: what like. I don't think we should have did that with Jack Hughes this season, but um, Yeah, we'll, we'll, I feel we'll like like on I hockey. That, I can see that happen Yeah.
0: Yeah, we'll talk on hockey in a minute. Now, uh, going into the NBA as well, uh, talking about the All-Star game, which is happening fairly shortly in just uh, uh, a few weeks, February 16th to be exactly the game. Uh, notable uh, All-Stars made their first ever appearance in an All-Star game. First out of the West is Luka Doncic. I don't think it's a big surprise for anybody. Kid's been tearing it up. But two ones that I think are definitely uh, huge, especially when it looks at the starting lineup, are Trey Young with the Atlanta Hawks, which Cole, I'll let you have the floor on that one, and Pascal Siakam, Spicy P, with the Toronto Raptors.
1: No, I'm going and- to throw it to you guys. You guys are Toronto guys. So you can touch on touch on your boy a little bit.
2: Well, with yeah. Siakam, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get any input on the team that you guys can. You two can discuss about this.
0: All right. Well, I guess I'll. I'll start this off. Um, you know, I think Siakam is definitely the most deserving out of all the Raptors players right now to go to the All Star game. I mean, this is a guy who really kind of transitioned the way that the roster was. I mean, this guy went from basically a nobody into becoming one of the best players in the NBA today. I mean, you know, obviously last season the story was Kawhi Leonard. All eyes were on him coming to Toronto. But what a lot of people forgot to look at was how just how dominant and how good Pascal Siakam was. And, you know, I know he missed a little bit of time this season with a groin injury. That was definitely hurting the team. Uh, but the Raptors were just so, so good built around them. I think, you know, the coaching done by Nick Nurse, you know, the management done by Masai Jiri and Bobby Webster, this really – put the team on the map and really shows how special this team is compared to iterations uh, of players past now as far as siakam making it into the all-star game many people are wondering why him uh some people could argue maybe fred van Vliet, maybe he could go in uh but i just think pascal when he's healthy he's been on pretty much every single game you know he drives the net he's great with shooting you know he's just all around you know defense i think still needs a little bit of work but again he's still very young uh and i think it's definitely a huge uh stepping stone not just for the raptors but for for pascal himself i think it's well deserved and there's definitely no denying that he should have been an all-star
3: yeah 100% like pascal siakam deserves it more than anybody like just to see his journey like he didn't start playing basketball until he was like in Cameroon until he was, like, well, until he was teens or something. So the fact that he's an NBA starter is just mind-blowing already. And, like, even, like, his journey in the NBA, like, this is only his fourth season, but his rookie season, he to get into some numbers, he averaged only 4.2 points per game, and that's up to 23 and a half this season. It's just, like, crazy how, like, that's big props to the Raptors' 905, our G League team, because he split time there in the rookie season. Sure learned a lot and stuff. But, yeah, you know, he's honestly, a fan. So he's honestly, a,
1: kudos yeah, to Kawhi because I see a lot of Kawhi in P- Pascal's game a little bit too. Offensively, I should say.
3: Yeah, I think that's why, like, the like, the Leonard move was so vital to this team. Not only did bring us a championship, but, like, I see a lot of Kawhi in a lot of the young players. Like, especially OG Ananobi with, like, his demeanor. And the way he's just like a dominant, de- will, will turn into a dominant defender for sure. Like, I call him, like, I call him Little Kawhi just because yeah, he just reminds me <laughs> so much of him, too. But, um, but yeah, like, I'm just so, I'm so happy for Pascal. He's just, just seems like a really good guy, too. And just, yeah, like, he's going to blossom into,
2: into, yeah, the next
3: Giannis as possible. He's the Raptors' future for I sure. Agree. And, uh, I think he will he will lead us to possibly another championship maybe that's just me getting cocky after one so uh, <laughs> certainly yeah. certainly we'll see certainly but yeah he's such a great talent yeah yeah and,
0: an and of course yeah definitely with the way that the east is it's going to be interesting to see how how teams look at this year uh, you know obviously the raptors have been doing really well now they're at full strength trade deadlines upcoming. We'll definitely see what uh what Masai has in store if he decides like, to do any moves.
2: Yeah. You guys think which um, yeah, player, up, um that was acquired I think um from an offseason uh, team is gonna win an NBA final. Like LeBron to LeBron with the Lakers or Collide with the Clippers?
0: Uh, mm, that's hard. I uh, think I like I, the Clippers. Yeah. The Clippers. I was, about, I like I was Clippers, about to say the Clippers. Too.
1: I like their lineup makeup. They're deeper. They have more pieces to make a trade. Uh, I know the Lakers have basically made everyone available except LeBron and AD. But I, on it, the Clippers just are deeper, man. And the Clippers are two and zero against them. Uh, Kawhi is really tough defensively when he wants to lock up. Paul George is really tough defensively when he wants to lock up. Pat Beverly's a pest. Lou Williams can score. Montrezl Harrell's a little undersized, but he's a special, special talent at the center. Uh those five right there alone I think could beat anybody.
2: The problem is, think, is that they're getting injured a lot, so I really think that they have to battle the injuries as well.
3: Oh, I think sure. just um just the Lakers in general, are just like too top heavy. It's like it's like uh LeBron at A D and then a huge drop off after that. It, like I don't know if if um a team like that can can handle it in the playoffs. Like, you know what, Kenneth plays though
1: talent plays though. You can never you can never discount that. And Dwight oh, no, they can't Dyer. discount. I'm yeah. saying
3: for sure for sure they're going to um like for sure they're going to compete they're easily going to make the Western Conference finals, I think. But I just think when you put, put them up against a team like as deep as the Clippers are and as skilled as the Clippers are, I just I just don't see it.
1: Agreed. No, I I think that I think that series I hope we get it will be really really fun, so
2: Oh, yeah,
0: Yeah, definitely. I might be watching that too, Joe. Exactly. Now, the other, uh, the third name of the uh, players that are going to make their debut in the All-Star game uh, with the Atlanta Hawks is Trey Young, uh, who is one of the, well, one of the two guards uh, in the All-Star game that are going to be making their All-Star debut, along with Luka Doncic. Uh, Cole, I'll let you have the floor with this one. You've been itching to talk about Trey Young. Uh, Just give everyone and the listeners just how, interesting of a player Trey has been? You know,
1: Trey is a really special talent. Uh, A lot of guys compared him to Steph Curry coming into the league, and I, I don't hate that comparison. I thought it was lofty, but he's come in, and I think he's averaging upwards of 25 points and around seven to eight assists. You don't see that every day in a point guard, and because of that, I think he does deserve those Steph Curry comparisons. Now, will that trade for Luka Doncic ever look good? No. I think Luka's more of a special talent, but Trey Young has been very good, too. You can't can't really hate on that trade because both have a spectacular player in their own right that are going to be good for a very long time. About Trey Young in the All-Star game, I've heard people getting pretty angry about it. He doesn't play defense. He's not on a winning team. I get it. Find me a better guy whose skill set fits in the all-star game. He's going to be shooting from the logos. He's going to be throwing passes between people's legs. Isn't the all-star game about having fun, watching it and having fun? I know when Trey Young's on the court, it might not be a winning product, might not be a great product, but at least I'm going to have fun watching it. So. That's why I'm not hating on the Trey Young starter move. I also don't know who would else be a starter. Maybe Ben Simmons, Bradley Beal. I know Kemp is a starter. I feel like he's deserving, but I know I know that um Trey Young is gonna be deserving of this all star spot. And I don't wanna hear people really getting angry about it because it's perfect. Yeah. It's a perfect fit.
3: No, I really like I really like Trey Young. He's like you said, like yeah, like he may not be the best defender. He's not on a winning team, but
0: he's fun to watch, and that's what the All Star game is all about. Yeah, I think like people get the All Star game really like some people take it a little too seriously with you know why wasn't X player nominated you know why isn't deserving because X player is so much better. But you know at the end of the day, you know whether they're on a winning team or not, you want the best of the best, and I think like. It's the same thing with um, with with baseball and with uh, with hockey. You know, you want the best player from each team to represent, just so you can show, hey, you know, we're not just going to focus on the best of the best. We're going to, you know, deepen or go into all of the other markets. And I think that's one of the reasons why I know the NBA All Star Game is probably the most watched All Star Game out of uh, the three that I just mentioned. But I still think that the format of having players. Um, that may not be on the best teams in the best circumstances really get showcased just because, you know, with all due respect to players like LeBron, James Harden, uh, Anthony Davis, Kawhi, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo, you know, we've seen those guys already. You know, we want to see the Pascal Siakam, the Trey Youngs, the Luka Doncic. You know, if you want to go further, you know, in a few years, what if RJ Barrett is going to be really good? You know, you kind of want to see, okay, this is what this guy can do. Maybe I want to officially buy into this. But then again, the NBA is going to make money despite itself, so I, I don't think at the end of the day it's really going to matter.
3: That's well, just- yeah, saying that. So yeah, if you like saying that. I think the NBA has the best All Star game of, of the of the big four. One thing they do that I really enjoy is how for the skills competition, somebody doesn't necessarily have to be in the All Star game to participate in it. Like last year, they had Danny Green there, who's known for basically his whole career of just being a dominant three-point shooter, and that's what I think. The other, like, that's what I think is the difference between them. You watch them out to watch somebody who's just okay at like that certain skill. You want to see the best of the best in every competition, which I think is, which I think is is the right way to do it.
2: Yeah, okay. agreed. Agreed. All Are right, you going to be watching the, uh, yeah, one more question. Is, is anyone going to be watching the um, All-Star, um, like, weekend, like the spend dunk contest, or like the three-point contest or whatever? I'm really excited time, yes. for the
1: dunk contest. Um, it's out of Chicago. Uh, I grew up in Detroit, moved to Chicago, so I, I'm pretty familiar with United Center. I know Chicago will be buzzing that night. Uh, I really hope Zach Levine from the Chicago Bulls gets in and does the dunk contest.
2: He has to do some sort of Jordan trophy since they are in the United Senate. You have to. Come on.
1: I, 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 I get that, but he's with the Charlotte Hornets right now, too. I, I don't know. I'm sure they'll do something for Jordan. I'm sure they'll do something for Dwayne Wade because he's from Chicago. But I'm really – the one thing I'm really hoping for is Zach Levine and the dunk contest just for the Chicago oh, yeah, connection. That's
0: okay. Yeah, so. That. All right, that's a fair, uh, fair point from all of us, so. From the NBA, we're going to move on to the MLB. We are less than a month. Feel that a month until spring training starts, which is going to be just amazing. Uh, Now, before we talk on uh, something that might be brewing, we're not sure if it will be brewing yet, uh, the Hall of Fame votes happened uh, just a few days ago, and two names, uh, well-deserving names, of course, getting uh, put in to the Hall of Fame. uh, The first one being Derek Jeter, I think we can all collectively agree, Derek Jeter, first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the best shortstops to ever play the game of baseball. Uh, but, the other, but the other one, uh, which I am very proud uh, for being a proud Canadian, uh, is Larry Walker finally getting his due uh, as uh, a baseball player, one of the best hitters uh, that was ever played in the game. So I just want to get you guys' opinion. Do you agree with the Hall of Fame inductions? Do you feel they should have happened sooner uh, who do you think that's left that hasn't gone in yet, who's still on the ballot is deserving? A yeah, couple um,
2: people. So I say Barry. Bonds. I know everyone's talking about that controversial, but I say Barry Bonds.
0: Fair enough. I think I think well, I mean, minus the whole steroid thing, I think Barry Bonds is still very strong, very uh, strong.
2: So. There's, like, there's, there's also Vachukovs, which I think all of us could benefit from because we've all, we've all seen him play one way or another. Like he was part of the Blue Jays. Yankees.
0: Uh, well, from as far as players that like from the Jays that aren't in the Baseball Hall of Fame yet, I mean, Roy Holiday just went in last year. You know, I think as bittersweet as that was, you know, for him to finally get in and unfortunately not go in personally, that one really stung. But I can't really think off the top of my head of anybody who is not in. And for anyone who's listening to this that uh, catches me in the wrong, uh, feel free to to mention it to me because i'm just drawing a blank here well i don't i remember i saw
3: i saw vernon wells on the ballot but i don't know if he got the five percent stay on the ballot so
0: i mean yeah i know
3: he gets in i just yeah i know he gets in i just saw him on the ballot
0: yeah i mean like he was great but like hall of fame i'm not sure
1: i have a couple names uh on the ballot that I, i i just have to pick up on with real quick I agree with Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. I could do an hour talking about steroids and why they should be in the Hall of Fame, but I'm just going to preface it with this. Say you're a minor league baseball player in the late 90s. You have an opportunity to make millions of dollars and play on the biggest stage, but you have to take a drug. No one will know. It's proctored within the team, but it... No one's going to know. Like I said, it might cost you your Hall of Fame chances, but it's going to make you millions of dollars, get you the fame and success that you're dreaming for as a player. I know that's a moral dilemma, but it's tough to be put in that shoes and say no, at least it is for me. So that's why Bonds and Clemens are two guys I honestly – we're for another is andrew jones now i don't know if you guys have listened to my show but my father played with andrew jones he says he's one of the best defender defending center fielders of all time and he's certainly one of the definitions of a 5 to a player in my mind so that's another guy that i think probably should get in the uh, hall of fame and one in his time on the ballot
0: oh for sure i i, I could definitely agree with that
3: yeah I, I i agree with that it's like i personally don't about, remember watching uh, him play but but just hearing like how Andrew Jones was like, and like seeing his numbers and stuff, like he definitely should should be in.
2: What about someone who um I don't think is really in the ballot. What about Alex Rodriguez? Do you think he could be um, a Hall of Famer? I mean, like, he got the in- steroid thing. He's got so, that, yeah, but I mean, the steroids, like... Put the steroids aside. I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, he's well, done a lot if you
1: put steroids aside, a lot of people deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, if you want my honest opinion. Yeah, and I oh, think yeah. that what's, yeah, what's yeah. funny to
0: me is that people are still, like, kind of, like, shaming Bonds and Clemens because of it, and, like, no one really kind of hears from them anymore. But, like, A-Rod's on, like, primetime baseball. He's, he's trying to say an Commentary. He's trying like, to
1: save an image. He's dating J Lo. He's he's really trying well, he's to save engaged an image. They're yeah, yeah, yeah. engaged to J so he's really trying to save an image and show to baseball that we can move beyond this. And let me tell you right now, if Alex Rodriguez gets in the Hall of Fame before Barry Bonds, I think people will riot in the
0: streets. Oh yeah, I could see I, that. Yeah, that's not right. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean I'm, I would put Pete Rose in before all of those guys. Correct. Yeah, that's another I mean, guy. Yeah. That that's been decades, you know. I don't know if and when that will ever happen. I'm hoping it's one of the one most day.
3: prestigious records in all the sports, and the MLB just won't even revisit his ban for life. Like, it's crazy.
2: Can I, can I know, just say, I say, that's, um, that's yeah, very, can I say I'm pissed? I'm pissed about this, you know, not being unanimous. Like, that... He should have been unanimous either way. Twitter's, like, actively trying to find that one voter just to, like... I don't know. Everyone's saying... That I was saw Tom, the
0: ballot. David Ortiz. At,
3: actually...
2: Like, yeah, I saw no, I saw it like too, and I saw the ballot. And I was watching, I was watching Team and you know, I'm like, okay, did he get 100 though? Did he get 100? Because I would, I mean, I want to see both him and Mariano be the, like be the uh be two players from one team to be unanimous. Of course, someone else takes it be regardless. But I can't tell you how much how pissed I was at the beginning when they said that he was one vote shy of being unanimous. And and people are like, he's not unanimous. Like he's he's not unanimous. Like no, what are you going on here? Like, like okay, first of all, like Joe is probably one of the best shortstops, but like probably the best shortstop of all time. It, 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 that's controversial, but I think he's the best shortstop of all time, aside from Cal and or maybe someone else. But oh wait, that's James, my, my mistake. Um, or maybe like Ozzie Smith the little life But regardless, I think Joe Girard uh considerably really the best shortstop of all time. How does one person not? Vote for him is like really stupid. And most of you saying he's like a Red Sox fan or an Astros fan, whatever. I'm just pissed that that one person says he's not. And whatever, he's in the Hall of Fame. I get it. It's a good thing. But if I just wanted him to be unanimous. An that's all. I think there's Jeter special. shortstop.
3: Did you
1: guys
2: Honestly, uh, see
3: the ballot with the, that? The where Jeter wasn't voted on.
1: I did not. No.
3: Do you know who I cast? Is just based no? on memory. I don't. I don't remember the name of the guy. But it was crazy. He had like Josh Beckett, like Adam Dunn, Jason Giambi, and like Paul Konerko on there, that's, and Barry Bonds. I'm like, how do you have those guys before Jeter? Like this guy's, I don't know. He just thought he was, uh, he was outsmarting people, I guess, or he's like, look, watch, watch Twitter go off on me, kind of thing. Like, there's no way he, he didn't
2: giving purpose. money.
0: He was, he was just trying to get to some
2: pop. No, Let's but be real can you here. the fact that he was the Marlins GM before he was asked to put in the Hall of Fame and traded
1: away everybody. I mean, it's part yeah, of it. it, it it's he it's, it's certainly stand. part he of it, but I don't think I think that's got to be bypassed, man. He I mean, George's mar- Jor- If we want to go that way, Michael Jordan's the GM of the Charlotte Hornets, but that's not held over his head. So I forgot about that. Oh
0: my god! Wow. Ugh. Well, I think we can all agree that at least. At the end I got, of the day that are going in.
1: I got one more thing, and I just saw this on Twitter today, and I wanted to ask you guys Of our lifetime, so we're all twenty to twenty-five year olds around that age. Yeah.
2: Yes.
1: yes. Is Derek Jeter the best leader that of all time?
2: It's controversial, uh, because he's been a big leader for the Yankees for a long amount of time. Twenty years twenty years to be exact. Um a long time I think he's been such a good leader for the team. Now, if he was on any other team, it might be difficult because there's usually one face of a franchise that might um, be someone else. Like, David Ortiz to the Red Sox, for example. Or, say to the Brewers, like, if Derek Jeter was still playing um, this season, I think Christian Gallag- Gallagher would be, like, the face of uh, the uh, Brewers. But, yeah, uh, Derek Jeter, I think, is one of the best uh, best leaders in all of MLB history. Um, it's kind of, like, it's, it's tough to say because the Yankees have a lot of faces, but on, in their history, but it's definitely, it's, i can probably not say I wouldn't be one if AQ was one of those
3: people. Um, I don't know. There's a few names that come to mind when you come to, like, like in baseball specifically for, like, best leaders. Like, um, for example, like David Ortiz or, like, um, uh, Adrian Beltre on the Rangers, too. Like, you I can think even say. Yeah, I think- or Miguel Cabrera, even, as well. Like, all those you can say for baseball, along with Jeter.
0: I think, I still think it's Jeter. I mean, like, you look around Major League Baseball, and I mean, you know, if you have to ask anybody, like, universally, who's, like, the one baseball player that they can at least know, aside from Alex Rodriguez, who, and they kind of probably know him for a lot of negative reasons, one of the positives has always been Jeter. I mean, you know, he's just been a really good stand-up guy. He's been a leader in the clubhouse. He's been, you know, from what I we all see, he's kind of been – uh, just a gem to be around as far as him kind of being a manager right now with the, or the president of the Marlins. I'm sure Miami disagrees, at least as of right now. But, I mean, at the end of the day, the guy has given baseball so much to talk about. And if you want, if you want to talk about the Yankees, you know, in the 90s and then the 2000s, you know, it, it was all Derek Jeter. You know, basically it was pandemonium whenever he stepped on to the field. And, you know, his defense was Oh, yeah, was he fantastic. always provided – his bat was just electric and gave so many big moments. I think everybody remembers Jeter diving into the stands to catch that fly ball. I mean, Josh Donaldson. May- yeah, better I could go play. on for
2: like for a list of the <laughs> moments. Like, just I'm just gonna give you a short little bit. Yeah, Jeffy Mayo, two um, stand catches, um, the 2001 World Series home run where he beat um, Kim. Um, what else was there? Uh, oh, the walk off against the Oils. That's about as all as I can name.
3: Yeah, yeah. Right. there's a lot of I'm, moments. I'm gonna come I have, back a, I have at, a hot take.
1: I was going to come in with a hot take, but Joey, you can go first.
3: All right. Derek Dita's flip play is one of the most overrated plays in sports history.
2: Wow, that's what? not what I was like. What expecting. the hell? Are you kidding me? <laughs>
3: Dude, that, <laughs>
1: no, if you watch good. the replay,
3: I don't think there is a difference in whether he catches that ball, gives it to the catcher no, or not, your, the he, ball was he, on pace. If anything, the he slowed play. it down.
2: He just flipped it right to Jorge he who tagged out Jeremy's jump. Like, how you And know? also, okay, like, how I'm do, sorry, who was, it? Who was running again? That? Can someone represent that? Can someone can someone represent that? Is
3: my <laughs> I just think it was extremely unnecessary, you know, but, and it said, whatever. You said, you whatever. Put, he made a play it, that had to be made. If it we really wanted to
2: get it into
1: it. he probably didn't need to dive in the stands it, either. He it, just fell, it fell over
2: not, that wall, right, Joey? It, it, yeah, it reminds me. It reminds me of, I think I saw a video <laughs> once where, like, Shaq did that. age would have taken a 2-0 lead in that game. Like, if Jerry Tito was not there, I think we would have, like, been able to lose that to Also, Oh, so that was, who was, it? It was Jason
3: Jambi who, who we tagged out, right? Yeah, yeah that, was, he, that was terrible base running, by the way. It was horrible. Yeah, but if
2: Tito wasn't there, then Jeremy Jambi would have scored it, right?
1: I don't know. That's open up a big can of worms. My hot take was Kobe Bryant's a better leader. And I
2: was gonna
0: think that. I was I say my my like top three it's in Brady, sport.
1: Bryant, and Jeter. Like those are the only three I name? can think of.
0: I was no. I was gonna go, uh, I, was gonna go I was gonna sure. go Peyton Manning. I was gonna go Peyton Manning, is another one. I was gonna go Peyton, uh Kobe and uh and Jeter. But, but I mean, you know, I could definitely give it to Brady.
1: I'm saying, Kobe, for one reason, one reason only.
0: We literally
1: have a term for leaders. Mamba mentality. It's literally dubbed from him as a leader. So how can he yeah, not be the best see- leader when we use that to explain other leaders' traits? You know what I'm that's saying?
0: Just trademark that.
2: hmm Yeah. I mean, but, uh, yeah, it's a fair argument. That's fine. They both come from Michigan. I mean, because I know Cole, you are a Michigan man. and you know that, but I don't know. Kobe Bryant is Kobe versus Jordan. The whole idea, of which is the biggest leader in the NBA, is pretty tough for me. Um, I think it's a fair. I think it's a fair thing. Yeah,
1: I, fair. I, of our lifetime, uh, I, okay. I, I nothing. I mean, Kobe gave so many moments to many young basketball fans watching. So I, I just <laughs> feel argue like, and Brady.
2: Too.
1: I think Brady was yeah, really the, the same game. game. For
2: Jordan, like you, why, how many times, times has Jordan a game shot to As win the? As
1: yeah, I hear what you're saying too, Luke. I just, I, I, I don't know, man. He, he, it's tough for me to ignore the fact that we literally dubbed Mamba mentality off of his traits as a leader. That's all. All
3: right. So,
1: all right. So, yeah, so before,
0: anyway, so
2: before we, before we all kill each other, because <laughs> you always it, got It's getting there. You saying that play was over, just gave me the like, what the hell, are you talk? All right. All <laughs> I'm, I'm all not right. the I'm only not one who cool. holds
3: that opinion. By the way, I never to say
2: that that play was over. We may ball. need to open that up to okay. our listeners.
3: Anyways. Yeah,
2: I think sorry, sorry, I yeah. The phone. anyways, Joe was asking
3: about why. Yeah, so yeah. Ray Lewis. Like oh, Ray I'm Ray sorry, Lewis. every time I've heard him, he was a talk, yeah. Talk, okay. So every oh, time I've sure. heard him talking in the locker room to the team before a game, I just feel like running through a wall, man. Like do you guys yeah, do you, do you guys all, all play uh Did play Madden? Madden? Yeah. yeah, do you guys remember the Madden? Was it Madden Thirteen intro when he was just like um, talking okay. that that clip alone is scripted I mean, if Madden me Five, I don't, think, I don't
2: know, Two Thousand Five or whatever, but I think he was he was on the cover, so I expected him to be good on that game.
1: You know, <laughs> he he uh yeah I, I, he was like arguably the leader of one of the best defenses in history. It's hard to discount that uh, as well. That's I mean, there's so, so many.
2: I do not want to discuss about that 2000 uh, season. Yeah, if so we really I really want know. it. Well, but whatever. It was to the Ravens. It was to Ray Lewis. Whatever. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah,
0: that's uh, that's fair enough. Uh, but let's let's pull ahead and pull uh, a refocus here. There are two other things to discuss uh, in Major League Baseball. The first, uh, we'll talk about the one that just uh, that might be brewing right now. But let's talk about a signing. I kind of went on notice yesterday. Uh, Marcel Azuna, one-year, 18 mil to the Braves. Uh, it's a crowded outfield out there in, uh, in uh, Tomahawk land. So uh, let me throw it out to you, boys. Is this a good deal for the Braves, or do you feel that this was an awkward fit?
2: I hated I think it. The- All I right. Think
0: Braves, Off to a good uh, start
2: already. I think the Braves um, are looking to rebound from their loss to the Cardinals, and I think by going a lot, getting all these players like Marcelo Zuna. I think it's great for them because they want to try to rebound from that loss. And I think by signing these players it's like it's like it's like get cool to the Yankees for them. That's what I feel like it is for them.
0: let's mm, um, sign the
2: guys that's I mean, great. okay, so maybe I'll maybe I'm going on that. But I think that yeah. it's, it's the best <laughs> it's the best players I've <laughs> gotten all off season. I,
1: I I didn't like it personally, and let me tell you why. It it really really felt like they were trying to find a replacement for Josh Donaldson, and that wasn't oh, yeah. that that isn't it. I I, I just don't. Yeah. Orinato's uh, on agree. the trade market.
2: I mean no, but I thought you yeah, but you. I thought about that I thought that they said it's like what okay, what are you gonna make? What are you gonna do with them? Are you gonna sign them or not? Just do pick something, damn it. I mean.
0: In my honest opinion, it was a surprise. Uh, I have a theory that relates to the outfield situation. But, yeah, like Cole said, it's basically they lost Donaldson's bat. Here's a guy that can give you at least 20 to 25 home runs, maybe like 15 to 20 doubles given the situation. And, I mean, he's been an NL hitter his whole career. Um, But I read earlier that uh, apparently he had multi-year deals on the table but he decided to bet on himself because he wants uh, a bigger payday, which I feel like we're going to see a lot of outfielders potentially take those one years, at least as of right now, you know, with spring training. Like I said earlier, it's less than a month away. But for me, I have a little bit of a fear because they just re-signed Nick Markakis. He's going to play out in right. It's most likely that Ozuna's going to play out in left. You got Ronald Acuna, who's basically been labeled as a center fielder right now. What happens with Ender Inciarte? You know he's kind of a guy who's just kind of there, and that could be a really interesting trade piece for the Braves, and I think they could potentially get a good uh, return for him. I mean there are teams that definitely need outfielders. Looking at my Toronto Blue Jays, I don't like their outfield situation. I think Inciarte would be a cheaper, really, really nice what about, option. What about Vlad Junior? You got Vlad
2: Junior on your team? Is he an outfielder? What is he? A-
3: he plays third.
2: Yeah, oh, I, I I would much I, rather have
0: Vlad Guerrero play third than in the outfield. I mean, looking at the He outfield, doesn't play
3: outfield, though. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like, I know he said that he, like, he did when he was younger, like, with his old man, but, like, you know, he's he's he's, he's an infield. Yeah, he's an infielder,
3: through and through. You
0: know, I... I, and, I yeah.
3: I just Sorry, I just disagree with what you say, Matthew, about the Blue Jays' outfield. I, I kind of... I really like it, to be honest with you.
0: Well, I, I can see... It's not... I'll put it this way. It's not unwatchable. I think if they didn't have Gurriel move over to left field, it would be a lot more problematic. Uh, Grichuk, I think, still needs to work on his discipline. He's very hot and cold.
2: Uh, when really he's hot, do.
0: he's got power. When he's cold, he's very jittery, very impatient. But uh, he's still he's still got some potential. The the extension, I'm not a huge fan of, but that's beside the point. Gurriel, was, after he was sent down, was great. When he was healthy and that's like to be honest I mean center field is in CRT's primary position and I know that the team has looked at uh at moving some players around I know that they checked in on Lindor which god if that happened I don't even know how it would but I mean they, they, they move
3: um they move Bichette to second probably and then yeah there Vigio be in the outfield, field, Vigio. which is what they're what which is what it looks like they're doing
0: yeah, that that's going to be interesting. But, uh, but yeah, like I said, I think Enciarte would be a huge uh, add to many teams. I'd call the White Sox in on adding them as well because they've just hit on a lot of moves. And, you know, Cole, I mentioned this on your show as well. You know, they're one of the teams that I think could really come out of the, of the AL Central. And if you have an outfield of Enciarte in center with uh, Eli Jimenez, and I believe you also have Yon, uh, Nomar Mazar in right, that's a nice little young outfield core that could contend with, uh, you know, the, the Indians and the Twins for sure. Uh, but that's just my thoughts. I don't know if you guys think it's smart
2: or I don't know. I mean, it's going to be tough to beat the Twins because they have Josh Donaldson now, but I'd say, the, I'd say for the Central, it's just going to be a battle between the White Sox and, uh, White Sox and um, Twins, even with uh, the Indians still keeping Francisco Lindor, even if yeah. they do.
1: Yeah, we be around that bush. I I do agree the Twins are gonna be tough now that they have Donaldson and added pieces with uh, Rich Hill. Uh, I know they didn't really bolster much, but they made some moves that'll keep them, you know, away from. I don't want to call it like depreciation. Uh, they're not gonna be as good as last year. I don't think you can hit that many home runs again. But I think they'll be around the same team with these moves that they made.
0: Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Now, uh, something that has been brewing recently uh, that we just saw that Luke actually mentioned to me before we started recording uh, was part of the Athletic. The San Diego Padres have uh, circled a interest in outsox, or, outsox, Red Sox outfielder uh, Mookie Betts. So uh, that could be very interesting considering both team situations now throwing it to all of you gentlemen do you believe that there are pieces that the padres could use to get a guy like a Mookie bets it's not gonna so happen
2: so i heard yeah so i heard that will use is part of um I heard, yeah i heard will use is gonna be would be part of the deal if that deal happens and yeah let me take let me take a second to um talk about a Yankees perspective, and Joey and Matthew, you can agree with me, and ALE's perspective on this. So, Yankees perspective has been going, is that Mookie Betts is out of the ALE, which is out of the Yankees' lives forever. Not forever, but at least to a point where we wouldn't have to play unless we play the Padres in the early game. Um, as for the, as for because we love to see the Rets, uh we, we're loving to see the rest of the season. Just everything going disastrous, from now fighting Cora to now probably losing one of the best players. And as an AL East perspective, Lucy Mookie Betts uh, is waiting for the AL East because he won't be tearing up the Yankees, the Blue Jays, and the Orioles now. So he'll just be dominating that NL West. Wait, a Dodger Wait, Padres are NL East, right? NL West. NL West, yeah. okay. My, okay, so yeah, he'll be at least tearing up the Angels. Yeah, the and- Not- he'll be turning up the Angels. No, nah, you're
1: thinking AL West. NL West is like Dodgers, Giants. Um, okay. So J- pot- Yeah.
2: To add into How what you're saying, yeah, uh, your analyst, right? Boy, and and I, West. NL West. right West. I oh, oh, that was me. Oh, it was my mistake. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're fine. Uh, you're
1: fine.
2: I just cannot remember the teams in the NL West. I just, it's Dodgers, fine. Giants. Dodgers. Thank you, Giants. Yeah.
1: Diamondbacks. Okay, so yeah, all I
2: will just see him turning up Giants to Dodgers um, a little more because those teams are going to be, um, uh, maybe try to rebuild or I don't know. Just, yeah, it's going to be fun, fun to see Oogie uh, uh, right Bets. This Mookie Betts play on another team beside the bet, What and finally team the Vetsucks gonna be suffering.
1: Luke, I'm gonna tell you right now, and this can go for both of you, all three of you actually being in the AL East and your fan fandom lies with teams in the AL East. You're gonna see Mookie Betts up until the trade deadline at the least. I think this and is people, all do the,
2: ready do the A? Padres get it done is the question. Do the Padres and Red Talks decide to get it done. Well, well according to the
0: athletic according to the athletic here, I have the article uh, up on my laptop here. Uh, and the talks have reportedly have been they haven't had uh significant talks, but they are saying that obviously prospects would be involved uh from the Padres. I'm not they did not specify names. So I'm assuming you know the top guys, mainly Fernando Tatis and Chris Pottick, are off of the table. And yeah, that would
2: not, be a I'm huge... A deal, but just... Let me make like, a cross-sport
1: comparison for all three of you. Mookie Betts getting traded is like Carl Anthony Towns getting traded in basketball. The Knicks have Carl Anthony Towns yeah. circled in interest. Doesn't mean they're going to get him. You know what I'm saying? Maybe if the yeah. Timberwolves are sucking around next time, next year in the trade deadline, or they're ready to move on... This whole, all these are Mookie Betts rumors, I
0: mean, all these Mookie, Mookie
3: Betts rumors me. don't make sense to me. But
0: yeah, yeah like know. you have to think of this from a business perspective. I mean, you know, me being in sport management, which is my program, you have to look at this and you have to look at your target market. And looking at the Boston Red Sox right now, you know, you're literally two years removed from winning a World Series your core is still intact. You know, Obviously, you have some pieces that are locked up. J.D. Martinez, uh, Xander Bogarts. You know, you still have that David Price contract. I mean, I'm sure you're looking to unload that. And I'm sure if the Red Sox are going to miss the postseason, they are going to try and look for a suitor to move David Price. And I feel that would be the only way that Mookie Betts would be retained uh, as a Red Sox. But like, uh, like Cole said, it's very unlikely that he gets moved. Reading it here, say, they're saying that uh, one of the players going the other way to Boston would be Will Myers and I would not take Will, Will Myers, Myers over Mookie I'll Betts.
1: You. He can't play a field. Mookie Betts puts cheeks in the seats, and you're not gonna trade that if you're Boston right now. You've got exactly. a lot of bad you've got a lot of bad rumors circulating about you with this cheating scandal. You wanna clear that you want to you get core out of there you still got the same core you're gonna try to compete this year up until the trade deadline and if you're not in the race in the trade deadline that's when you'll see Mookie bets get moved I don't think you're gonna move him in the preseason I just don't
0: yeah exactly especially
3: like, with how I, like with how competitive the AL East is gonna be now too like like I you can make an argument for four teams probably like making a push in the ALS no,
2: this I think year. the Yankees are just going to win the AL East because they have a Cole, and they're going to be getting. Well, I well mean, the thing is, the thing is, is, that later to, so, to not
0: to not disperge, to not you know dis, dispute your point there, Luke, but I do believe, you know, there is more to a team than just one pitcher, and I'm not trying to discredit the Yankee no, talent because you look at their look
2: lineup. Yeah, their lineup, their rotation, the Yankees, they're they, dirty. They they were missing. They were missing that one pitcher that would have put them over the top of the Astros to get in that World Series last year. Because of what Altuve did, that's the reason why we got Garrett Cole to begin with. Okay. And now I think we're going to have that rotation to shut them down. All right.
1: here's, Here's something for you, Luke. The Astros had the best team on paper this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they did. And they didn't win the World Series, right? Yeah. Yeah. Having the best yeah. team on paper doesn't mean everything. Injuries can happen. A team can just get hot. Starters can just get hot. I'm not saying – the Yankees are certainly the favorites to win because they have the most talent, as were the Astros. Yeah, but you still 100%. have to play the games.
2: You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. That's why so we'll they're see 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 saying there's Astros a case and Red the done to To the Yankees like, – I, I mean to the to other teams, to the, I'm sorry. Look at what the Astros and Red Sox have done those past two years when the Yankees were really, weren't really doing anything. They won World Series with those players. Now I'm saying no, I'm saying that with the Yankees maybe getting Cole, maybe they score to finally get them in the World Series for the first time like ten years. So I'm, not, be some I'm not
1: disputing that. All I'm saying is you have to play the games. And that's why Matt and Joey are saying that there's a case for all four teams. Say Garrett Cole gets hurt or Luis Severino gets hurt, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, one of those guys get hurt. There's a case for no, all four hard, teams. Obviously happy. the Yankees are the favorites.
2: No, but that did happen, and I think they'll still win the East either way because you saw that happen this year with everybody getting injured. So I'm, I feel like that could happen again, and it can it can happen. Yeah, I it, think it the Yankees can still win the East despite all those injuries. again. Yeah, so
0: and fun. I think also, like, to add to that, you know, one team that I think was really going into the 19 campaign with high hopes was the Philadelphia Phillies. I mean, you got Bryce Harper. Aaron Nola just got that big extension, Jake no, Arrieta. Yeah, you got they added Jake Arrieta, Gene Segura. You got
2: Didi Gagoyas, you got Joe Girardi.
0: Yeah, like, yeah. That's, that's a team, even, you know, with Didi aside, you know, even though you have Joe Girardi now, you know, that's a team that I still don't know where they'll be. And last year, I, I had them winning the whole entire NL East, and I look like a giant goof right now, and I'm sure Bryce Harper is the biggest goof after what happened with the Nationals. But I think I want to bring the title back to DC. That's also, yeah, to Cole's point, you know, the Yankees are still the dominant team. They definitely are. But many times we see the dominant team who looks incredible and then they just kind of fall flat. Like, I remember a few years ago, you know, the St. Louis Cardinals, I think they had like, what, 100 win seasons in like 2015 and they were out in the ALDS. So that just goes to show you how unpredictable things go, and I know the Astros, like, with their whole scandal and the way that they uh, represented themselves and whatnot has definitely had an impact in that, but you also have to take a look at the fact that, like, baseball, in at least to me, is probably the most unpredictable sport in, out there, you know? That's I why think I we love it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I love. And that's I why think the, That's
2: why the Dodgers did. That's why the Dodgers lost to the Astros. Yeah, and I think
0: also like with the way that things are right now, you know, like the Yankees without a shadow of a doubt, starting rotation one through five is disgusting. Their bullpen has some amazing names. Two of the best lefties in the game, in Britain and Chapman.
2: But we're still, still but we're still looking for a lefty bat. I think we might have one before the off before the I mean, I mean you had Jacoby that's Ellsbury. The only thing, that's the only thing we're missing. Jacoby
1: very this is gonna be begging groceries somewhere, let's be real here. Probably not hey, begging yeah, groceries somewhere. Oh, yeah, right. his time's past due, let's be real. Here. Oh yeah, you got I know it. the cuts are enough. talking about signing so
0: him. Yeah. So with with that in mind, uh, with all of our predictions in mind, I think we already know one of Luke's answers, but I want to throw it to you guys. I'm gonna go ahead and pick we're gonna go and pick the top seed in each conference, in each division. Uh, as well as two teams that we believe could sneak into a wild card spot today. You know, it could change tomorrow. It can change next week, next month, whatever. But as of right now, who do you have winning each division? And who do you feel is going to step up player-wise from that division? So Joey, I guess we'll, we'll throw it. Yeah, Joey, you can start. Joey, you start it off.
3: Okay, um... So I guess we'll start. Let's start in the NL. We we'll do NL East. That's the uh, I I like the Braves. To be honest with you, I think the Braves are. They're still like a super young team, and they're just, I think they got a great core. And I think they I, I think they are gonna win that division with um. And uh yeah uh what's next? The NL Central was that again? The Cubs. Um, I think the Cardinals, again, just you know, they got they got a lot of that, that pedigree. They know they just know what it takes to win kind of thing. And you know that's something you can't take away from a team, even if you don't think they have the best roster on paper. And in the West, um that's easy, just the Dodgers. Dodgers are just too good of a team. <laughs> no, but it's, then how
2: would you get but then uh, well, I think it's time for someone else to step up because the, the Dodgers have missed to the last several times. Who's going to step we up in that division, though?
3: There's just nowhere else. Like The Giants gonna aren't be good be, anymore. Gonna be the, the Arizona D-backs.
2: Diamondbacks? Yeah, so yeah. the NOS is going to be just like the Dodgers winning and just failing every time to at least either win a World Series. I don't
1: know. We'll see. I mean, baseball's is unpredictable. Like we said, we'll see. Yeah. We got in the like, AL, Joe.
3: Let's, so, throw in AL the MVP.
1: let's throw in your MVP pick, too, just for the sake of BSing. <laughs>
3: Um, MVP. You know, I just I really like Christian Yelich. I think he's gonna do it again. I just think he's an unbelievable player. He can do anything on the field. Great defender. Great offense. Can speed around the base paths. Like he can do anything. I just think that he's gonna take it. And then in the in the American League, certainly the American League East, barring any injuries or any. Thing. I still think it's going to be the Yankees. I say very reluctantly. <laughs> they had yeah, it just on paper. They got the best team in, in the division. But with that being said, I think the, I think, like, yeah, like you said, baseball is very unpredictable. Anything can happen, especially with the Red Sox too. They still got a really good roster. And um, let's see, in the central, um, the Twins, adding Josh Donaldson for them was huge. I know watched a lot of Josh Donaldson. I honestly thought he was done when we traded him to Cleveland a few years back. I thought that was the end of his. Like, he was done. He's just injured all the time and wasn't really performing too well. But made a fool out of me. Um, and in the West, what is that? The Angels. The I just think the. Um, you know what? I'm gonna say the the Athletics. I really like the Athletics this year, and Chris Davis is an unbelievable talent. All right,
0: All right that's who's uh, your AL
1: MVP. Just,
3: uh, AL MVP? Just AL MVP? Just I don't know if you can ever really go against Mike Trout when yeah,
2: that's, that's <laughs> yeah, I was... yeah. He's I think probably well, the best player we'll
3: ever see in this generation.
1: All right, I'm I I'll go next, and I'll start in the NL, and I'll start out East. I feel like the Nationals are primed for a letdown. But they have mm-hmm. built a good roster. The Braves are there. The Phillies are there. But if you want my to spin, I'm deathly afraid of the Mets if I'm in the NLE. So I'm taking the New York really, Mets. That's a good Wait, pick. Philly? Hey, all right.
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: I, I, they're
3: starting. Rotation. <laughs> I mean, it's nasty.
1: I mean, DeGrom, Sundergaard, Stroman. If Matt stays healthy, I know they lost Zach Wheeler to the Phillies, but, I mean, you add in Pete Alonzo, you got Cano there, you got Ahmed Rosario, Jeff McNeil, say Yoannis Cespedes stays healthy. (laughs) Uh, That's a bat. Brandon Nimmo, I think, is still there. He might be Indians. I'm not mistaken, but they have a young prospect center fielder that I like. That's a that's a team I'm afraid of. I'm taking the Mets in the East. And the NL Central... They
2: hold at least a, a, like a, not, a 6 run a 7-1 lead in the ninth inning, is the question. If they can do that, then yeah, I could see them winning the NL. Their
1: bullpen's got the names to be good. Edwin Diaz was really good the year prior going to New York. And so was Yuri's Familia. He's had some very good days in his past. If he can just be half of what he is in the past, that's a solid one-two punch out of your pen. And the Central...
2: Pretty open. You wanna just Cardinals the Cardinals If the Cardinals
1: get Arenado, I'm gonna take the Cardinals. But I like the Brewers, they got their rotation scares me. Honest to God, if the Reds make another move, they might be the team for me.
0: Alright, that's that's
3: pretty fair. I like that pick.
1: The Cincinnati Reds, they got Sonny Gray. Uh he kinda did a resurgence. Luis Castillo was pretty good last year. Um, I know Puig's there hitting. uh, Rumors have Nick Castellanos going there.
3: I hope you're right about the Reds for the sake of Joey Votto.
1: Yeah, Joey Votto deserves another one. So I'm taking the Mets, the Reds, and I'm going – I mean, these are crazy, crazy teams. But I I think that's how baseball is going to be this upcoming season. It's kind of an open slate out in the NL now. And obviously the NL West is going to be the Dodgers. I mean, you can't pick against those. My MVP is going to be Ronald Acuna. I think he deserved it this year with the 44 season. But uh, I think he's just going to continue to build. I think the Braves will obviously be a wild card team. I think the other two teams will probably be the Braves and Phillies. Okay. And then the AL, uh, Yankees in the East, Rangers in the West, if Kluber stays healthy. And the Twins in the Central, and then I think the Athletics and Astros are the. I think three teams out of the West make it. I like the fair Sox, enough. but I just don't like that. And then obviously Trout's your MVP, so pretty fair. I, I went right. a little wild with the Reds and Mets, but I like their roster makeup, and I feel like one of those two teams will hit this next year. So.
0: It, it, it's a fair point, yeah. All right, Luke, you already know what you, we already know what you're gonna say for the AL East, so let's skip yeah, you Yankees and let's go everywhere else. Yeah,
2: obviously. But uh, essential, I say the Twins only because you have Josh Donaldson now, and like you said earlier, they're not going to hit as many home runs, but they are going to try to try to see if they can beat that again. And I wouldn't surprise the, wouldn't be a surprise the Twins do it. AL West, Astros, because let's look at it this way: with the cheating scandal going on, um, you feel you kind of feel that the Astros will won't like won't think about this. They'll get it out of the way. They'll still take over the. AOS because even if the Athletics are doing good, I really don't think it's going to be enough, and yeah, I just think the Astros are just definitely going to take over the um, AL West. Now, as for the NL, I'm going to say the Phillies from the NL East, because they definitely have the pieces now. Um, I'm not saying that Fomian people will help them, but it might give them, them a little bit of a lift, and you have Bryce Harper. You still have Bryce Harper, who I think could be great on your, on the second year. Um, NL Central, I'll say Cardinals, because let's look at this. Cubs are not going to be they're not going to be as good as they were in 2016. Let's be honest about that. And I think the Cardinals are going to be a team that might be a little better after their playoff run of last year. Um, and as for the NL West, um, yeah, Dodgers, obviously. Dodgers are going to win the NL West, obviously. I mean, I mean, the Giants haven't, I don't think the Giants have made really big moves, um, recently. And, and yeah, the NL West, um, uh, will, as for my NL MVP, I'll say Christian Gelich. Because, um, even though I feel like the boo is... I fifteen Christian is definitely one of the best players um, in the MLB right now, so I maybe Cody Bellinger. And in my AL MVP, this is pretty tough. Um, I'm going to just be biased here and say Aaron Judge because I feel like the guy deserves it. He's looking for his first, um, trophy census rookie of the year. I actually, uh, stop that. Forget it. I'm just going to go with Mike because Schott because it's obvious that um, my shot's going to be the ALMVP. Either way, fair. I think we're all going to say the same thing. Fair, yeah. very, can, very can
1: I cut in one thing? I, I was yeah. slandering the Diamondbacks, picking on them as being a joke team to win the NL West. I'm retracting that slander because I totally forgot they got Madison
2: bumgardner Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, I'll just say that as my one of my wildcard teams is going to be the um, Diamondbacks.
1: Um, and you can
2: tell Mark pretty good. Their
1: starting rotation of Bumgarner, Ray, and Bradley's tough. All right.
0: All right. So here's here's mine. Mine, mine are going to go off the grid. So we'll start NL just to continue the trend. NL East, I'm going to give it to the Washington Nationals. I think the championship hangover is not going to last. I think they made some really good moves. Retaining Strasburg was big. Losing Rendon stings more than anything, you know, potential NL MVP there. But, you know, they did do really well. I mean, asdrubal Cabrera at third, you could do worse. Getting Starlin Castro at second, I think, is a huge upgrade from Brian Dozier. They got Eric Thames at first, which I think is going to be potentially better than Ryan Zimmerman. And they could still bring Zimmerman back. And, like, looking at that rotation, like, Strasburg, Scherzer, Corbin is still very good. You could still get goods from Anibal Sanchez and Joe Ross. I think is still in his early 20s, so he could definitely be a good uh, player as well. Also, you know Howie Kendrick. I think he's going to be a, a hero from now on in Washington. So that's why I'm picking them. Going over to the NL Central is hard, but I'm going to go with the St. Louis Cardinals. Arenado or not, I think they're still the best team. Uh, and in the NL West, I still think it's the Dodgers. I think despite the fact that like. They didn't really lose anybody. Okay, okay. Hingin Ryu was big, but you bring back Alex Wood. That's not the same caliber, but it, it's a lefty, and it's a pitcher that they're familiar with. Uh, now, wild card. Wild card, I'm going to go a little bit off the grid. Wild card, I'm going to say it's going to be the Atlanta Braves, and it's going to be the Cincinnati Reds. I think the Reds squeak into that wild card with the pitching that they did. Tinker that bullpen... And they're gonna be nasty. Uh, now going over to the
2: AL, we'll start. I'll
0: save. Okay, the East is gonna be the Yankees. I'll just get that out of the way, just to make Luke happy. Uh, yeah, no, to be fair,
2: everyone else said it. They're not trying to make me happy, but I think it's the most obvious. Place. Yeah.
0: Um, AL Central. I mean, it's a three-team race. I think it still goes to the Twins. I think with their offense, it's just tough to match. And in the AL West, I'm gonna go with. Mm, top. The A L S is actually kind of hard because like the A's aren't that good, like pitching wise. The Rangers made a lot of additions. The Angels got Rendon, but like looking at their pitching core, I mean like it's okay, but it's not fantastic. Um, you
2: wanted to say Astros because
0: I what I said I don't know. know. No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stay in Texas, but I'm gonna think the Rangers leapfrog the Astros in this one. I think their rotation, yeah, it's no Verlander and Greinke, but Kluber rebounds. You get another strong performance from Mike Miner, Lance Lynn, another really good name. Kyle Gibson can at least get you 150 innings at least, and then Jordan Lyles. If you get Jordan Lyles from Milwaukee, that's a really good gamble. And also going back to. Cincinnati, if they get a good—if they get majority of 2019 Wade Miley, then that's going to be a deadly rotation. Now, if I had to go wild card, I'm going to go the Tampa Bay Rays, and my second wild card is going to be the Chicago White Sox. Reasoning for the Rays, I mean, come on. Like, they—regardless of them trading away Tommy Pham— their pitching is i think going to be so gross. Charlie Morton, Snell, Glassnell, 1 2 3 is just amazing. Uh, and then going over to the uh I don't even know. Who, oh the the White Sox. I think I've been riding that White Sox train the whole entire show and even during your show call. Like I'm just so impressed with what this team has done and I think they are going to make some noise in the 2020 campaign. That's just me. I'm probably going to be wrong, and like half of the team's going to get injured, but whatever. So, I've been saying that about the
3: White Sox for years now.
0: Exactly. <laughs> it's
1: yes. part um, of the predictions, though, right? I mean, I grew. I mean, I went to high school in Chicago, and everyone was all White Sox 2020, White Sox 2021. It finally feels like it's the year, you know. So, I mean, exactly. uh, it. Growing up in Chicago, it honestly feels like when the Cubs won it, too. It was like, oh, yeah, no, the Cubs are coming. Wait, no, it's going to be next year. Wait, no, it's going to be this year. And now everyone it has that kind of the same feeling with the White Sox this year. So just to speak to that. Yeah,
0: I think they're going what to about be... Your the, MVP, what about your MVPs for um, each? Oh, my uh, MVPs? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. So for the NL MVP, I'm going to go ahead and say... Mm, yeah, I'll go with Christian Yelich as well. I think he's going to be... He's just all-around one of the best outfielders in the game. Uh, A close nod to... um, Who was the name that I was thinking of? It's escaping me right now. Uh, Acuna? Yeah, Acuna. Acuna's a very close second. Uh, And then going out of the AL, I'm trying to pick, like... I feel like this one's going to be... If this guy continues his pace, I'm going to go with a guy who I think should have potentially gotten at least a nomination last year. I'm going to go with DJ LeMahieu. I'll
2: take that. Yeah, I'll take that. He was
0: so crucial to the Yankees doing as well as they did. I mean, everyone expected, like, oh, they're going to sign Machado. They're going to sign Bryce Harper. No, they're going to get DJ LeMahieu, and he's going to be one of the best-hitting second basemen and arguably, like, the best second baseman in baseball right now. Fielding is, is not thought. the best.
2: I mean, it's, yeah, it's above average. I'm surprised. I thought I thought we got him from the Rockies. He's just gonna play the way he just played with the Rockies.
0: And I'm oh, yeah, really surprised been, at how amazing
2: there. of a player he is for that. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, I think definitely that's <laughs> if, uh, that, if, if that if we didn't get him, he wouldn't have had that time home run against Astros. Yeah. yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. All
2: right.
0: All right. So a name that
1: escaped me. Just to, one more thing was Tim yeah, Anderson. One more thing. Tim
2: Anderson oh, yeah. was, was yeah, a guy what, that Yeah, I was going to stay for my um, AL MVP, and then I just thought I was going to just put out chow, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah I, I Tim Anderson.
1: Mean, yeah, that. yeah, I mean, as a shortstop, he's one of the best up-and-coming in the game, so I yeah, just to recognize him for all the
0: Chicago people, so... Yeah, so looking at our time right now, we are almost at an hour and a half, so I feel like uh, we'll touch on the NHL All-Star game, which is also this weekend. Um... Nothing too spectacular, I would say. Uh, Looking at the All-Stars, if I could pull up the roster, uh, I'll just run through it quickly. Uh, So in the Atlantic Division, Tyler Bertuzzi, Anthony DeClaire, Jack Eichel, Jonathan Huberdeau, Austin Matthews, who has been replaced by Brady Kachuk. That gave me a heart attack, but thank God it's not severe. Uh, David Pasternak, Victor Hedman, Shea Weber, Freddie Anderson and Tuka Rask, who was replaced by, I believe, Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah, Andre Vasilevsky replaced yeah. him. Uh, going in the Metropolitan, Matt Barzell, Jake Gensel, Kyle Palmieri, Artemi Panarin, Travis Konechny, John Carlson, Dougie Hamilton, Seth Jones, Braden Holtby, and Jonas Corposalo. A lot of these names are different. Uh, I believe Crystal Tang and Tristan Diari are going and replaced. Uh, Dougie Hamilton and, uh, and yours, Corpus Allo. Uh And I do believe that uh, Jake Gensel is also hurt. I could be wrong on that.
2: Uh, is central- Nico on the roster? Isn't Nico Hisha on the roster?
0: Yeah, I think Nico Hisha yes, just got on ahead. there to replace uh, oh, so Chris Gensel. Sorry, I hate to be a not
2: Kyle Palmieri. Not yeah, he, he's
0: Palmieri. on there, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah Mary, not Palmieri,
2: not Palmieri, whatever you do. Oh,
0: yeah, 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 sorry, sorry. No. Yeah. Thank you. It's not outdoor thing. I relate to that. All right. Uh, so, Central Division Patrick Kane, Nate McKinnon, Ryan O'Reilly, Mark Scheifele, Sagan, uh, Eric Stahl, Roman Yossi, Alex Petrangelo, Jordan Biddington, and Connor Hellebuck. Uh, and the Pacific Division, Logan Couture, who is hurt. I'm not sure his replacement. This is just NHL.com, so so blame them. Uh, Leon Draisaitl, Andre Kopitar, Connor McDavid, Elias Pedersen, Jakob Silverberg, Matthew Kachuk. Mark Giordano, Jakob Markstrom, and Darcy Kemper, which I believe Darcy Kemper was replaced by, I was told. Oh, Jacob Markstrom. No, not Jacob Markstrom. Uh, was it Fleury that replaced him?
3: I think it was Fleury, yeah. Yeah,
0: we'll, we'll just say it's Mark andre Um. It, as far as the All-Star game is concerned, like it's going to be fun. I think the inclusion of the women in women hockey is going to be big. Oh, yeah, it's going to be fun to see. I I'm going to watch that. Yeah, I think I'm definitely gonna watch the uh, the women's three on three tournament, arguably more than the men's, just because it's gonna be so interesting to see these women. I'm hoping they also get some uh, some recognition in the skills comp. Uh, yeah, because I like, just
2: got I I just heard that Nico's gonna be in the um, skills accuracy competition. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I think last they, yeah, year. Yeah,
0: last year they did something similar, so I'm hoping maybe they have like someone do like fastest skater again.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm actually gonna who's, who's in the hardest
0: shot competition. Uh, uh, if I had to pick
2: who's gonna be in the hardest shot, Shea,
0: she, 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 It would be Shea she we- we- oh, she Weber. She oh yeah, Shea Weber's replacing. Uh, isn't Shea Weber replacing Dougie Hamilton?
3: Or am yeah, I thinking I mean, I'm really surprised if he's not there with
0: the season he's having. Yeah, I think Shea Weber should be there. I don't know if he is, but uh, I could be. I I should probably Google that. I'll make a make a note to Google that. Um, but, yeah, the All-Star game is going to be hopefully fun. Um, we'll, we, I'd like to talk a little bit more about hockey, but I feel like we're, we're all kind of tired out from our baseball talks. So we could definitely pick up on hockey, especially after the All-Star break when the trade deadline uh, looms closer as February uh, looms closer. We're literally almost two weeks into February, which is crazy. Um, so before we, uh, we wrap up, and uh, say our goodbyes and give you all our social medias to harass us for our cakes. I figured we should take our time for our first time recording together to just share arguably our favorite sport memory as now it is 2020. We should be like every other person who is trying to start this new decade and uh, just talk about our favorite sport memory from 2010 until now. Uh, I think if I had to pick mine, it would be a two-way tie between the bat flip and the golden goal just because they both were unexpected and amazing and both made Canadian markets uh, make a lot of money and be excited and lose my voice. And, yeah, so you guys, they memory at all?
1: I'll go yeah. last, Derek, because I have a personal one, just a memory of sports of the past – 20
0: years for me. So. Alrighty. So since we already kind of did like a Canadian one, we'll have uh, Luke go next, just to have the, the nice pattern.
2: <laughs> so for me, it's on the, on the it's gonna be the Nigo. Hish- I'm sorry. Um, Adam. Excuse me. Adam Henrique Hish- overtime goal of uh, 2012 against the Rangers because I think I was certain to that point before. Um, just the fact that it was my first season of watching Devils hockey. And the fact that the Devils have gone to the playoffs, and just the fact that they faced the Rangers and the whole 1994 uh, series of that year, um, it's gonna be, it, uh, yeah, just that goal, right there really, uh, really cemented the fact that we, we got tired of playing Mattel, 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 over and over and over. Yeah, and it's just interesting. It was just, it was fun to see how the Devils got to that cup, and yeah, they may have lost to the Kings, but. It was a great season overall, and I think that really is one of my favorite moments. Just seeing that goal and just uh it was unbelievable.
0: Fair enough. All right. Joe, you'll go next. Um, I've got
3: I've got a few. Some of them are similar to Matthews, like the Sydney Crosby Golden goal in the twenty ten Olympics was just was just um, something I'll never forget. Um the um what the, the Kawhi shot against the 76ers Forgot last that. last year like I I think I scared whoever was in the house watching the game <laughs> who wasn't watching the game and screamed so loud. <laughs> um, obviously the Raptors winning the championship. I went over this when I was on on Cole's show. Um, just um it's the first time I've ever seen one of my professional, favorite professional sports teams win anything. So that was very exciting and also um being uh italian canadian the
0: 2006 uh, world oh, cup win oh my god yeah oh uh, yeah Marco
2: i, can't, I can't
0: even i was too young to remember that but i remember it was I, big
3: that's one of my first sports memories that i can vividly remember I feel bad
2: for you, it was crazy that's like great.
3: i don't know if you guys know this who aren't from toronto there's a huge italian population here oh so yeah the street's the streets were filled with just Italian flags everywhere, just people honking, their horns celebrating everywhere. That was, that was to fun. The night, it, was, it, it was it was a
0: really fun time. That was amazing, yeah. righty. Cole calls us off.
1: All right, I'm not trying to get too personal or weird here. Uh, if we were just to go straight sports memory, being in the time of Chicago when the Cubs won their first World Series was awesome. I wasn't a huge Cubs fan, but it was cool, but – my favorite personal sports memory, though, and I don't mean to get too deep, too weird here. I got in my junior year of high school. I got uh, line drive struck off my ear, uh, messed up my hearing. It's still it's a lifelong thing of tinnitus. If you've seen Baby Driver, that's what the kid has. Pitching was a process getting getting back on the mound. It took about two years. But the first time back on the mound, I came in bases loaded in a one nothing game with nobody out. It was our senior high school, it was our conference championship. I worked my way back. I had thrown in sim games. I've done it all, earned my spot back, and I, I struck out the side on 10 pitches. And I've never felt like more accomplished in my life. Like I said, I don't mean to get too personal on this pod, but if we're gonna do this together, I figured you should all know. It's been a process to get where I'm at in baseball, and I thank God every day that it wasn't an inch higher or an inch lower. I probably wouldn't be here. But it was, it was a great moment in my lifetime that I'll probably will never experience again. So it's a,
0: it's a great that, story. That, that's I think a great way to, yeah. to close it off just to kind of give everyone the personal aspect of sport for all of our athletes that are watching near and far who are baseball, basketball, hockey players, whatnot. Uh, and on that great note, um, first of all, I don't want to ever hit against you because I'd probably suck. Um, I did apparently pitch against someone who was supposedly on the Canadian national team and I drew a walk against him. I was very proud of that.
2: That's pretty good. Because
0: that was, that was scary because the first pitch literally sunk right at my knees and I was just amazed with what this guy could throw. But, But that was, that was, I was fortunate that it didn't, uh, didn't go the other way. So, uh, you know, I note. was
1: lucky, and I just want to touch on. One. I was lucky enough to pitch in the Midwest. A lot of the MLB prospects come out of the Midwest. I don't know if you know the kid's name, but you're about to. Jared Kelenic. He's with the Seattle Mariners. I pitched against him. I walked him on five pitches, but I pitched against him, and he's probably he was the big he was like the big prospect in the Cano and Diaz deal, and it's just cool to say I pitched against that guy. So.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely would agree, especially if you're pitching against anyone who's either. Made it to the major leagues, or is still going through the process. I think it's still yeah, still pretty cool. Exactly. On that yeah, but, note,
1: but yeah, yeah, so I just thought I'd get a little personal, let you guys in on a little about me. So
0: yeah, that's that's pretty fair. I can't uh, I can't fault you for that. So on that note, uh, I want to thank my co-hosts for coming on here and uh, just talking, shooting stuff around. Um, and I'd like to thank all of you for listening. I know this got a little lengthy, uh, and I'm sure you guys uh, definitely would uh, want to definitely see an ending after this, so I'm, I'm going to close it out here. Uh, you guys can catch us on Twitter. Uh, if you check our uh, group Twitter page at nosebleedtakes underscore, uh, all of us will be underneath it. In the bio, all of our Twitter bios are there um if you want to dm all of us all of our dms are open um besides that i think we've covered it all uh we hope to hear from you we hope to create another one of these soon and uh yeah that's all for me any last comments from you guys
1: looking forward to doing this and i'm hoping you guys all enjoy what we put together for you so
0: yeah so uh, on that note thank you all for Mm -hmm. listening and uh We'll go ahead and uh, see you next time. So take yeah, take care, everyone, and uh, sports and stuff.
2: Yeah, see ya. Never at all, man. Hey, <laughs> take, care, ya, guys. Like. take care, guys. See ya. Take care.